0: Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give us insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from his teaching and miracles to his atoning death on the cross and his glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Harvest of Light, Gladness. The text is Psalm 97 and verse 11. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Righteousness is often costly to the man who keeps to it at all hazards, but in the end it will bear its own expenses and return an infinite profit. A holy life is like sowing seed. Much is going out, and apparently it is buried in the soil, never to be gathered up again. We are mistaken when we look for an immediate harvest, but the error is very natural, for it seems impossible to bury light. Yet light is sown, says the text. It lies latent. None can see it. It is sown. We are quite sure that it must one day manifest itself. Full sure are we that the Lord has set a harvest for the sowers of light, and they shall reap it, each man for himself. Then shall come their gladness, sheaves of joy for seeds of light. Their heart was upright before the Lord, though men gave them no credit for it, but even censured them. They were righteous, though those about them denounced them as censorious. They had to wait, as husbandmen wait for the precious fruits of the earth. But the light was sown for them, and gladness was being prepared on their behalf by the Lord of the harvest. Courage, brothers, we need not be in a hurry. Let us in patience possess our souls— For soon shall our souls possess light and gladness. If anything is obvious in this modern society, it is that people are confused, frightened, and uncertain about the future. Where does one look for the solution to the universal problems of guilt, doubt, and temptation? A number of years ago, Dr. Alan Cairns produced a booklet entitled A New Beginning, which deals with such questions as, How May I Have My Sins Forgiven and My Guilt Removed? How may I be sure that I possess eternal life and that I am not deluding myself? And how may I enjoy the Christian life and live above constant failure and frustration? Dr. Cairns answers these questions from the Word of God. A new beginning is for inquirers into the nature of the Christian message of salvation and for Christians desiring to gain a good grasp of the first principles of the gospel. It is useful for both personal use and for group study and discussion. For a free copy of A New Beginning, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at org. That's info at org. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A New Beginning, and we'll be happy to provide it. ¶¶ As Dr. Cairns continues these studies in the life and earthly ministry of Christ, he commences a message entitled, The Compassion of Christ. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 18-38, through 38, we see the Lord Jesus Christ showing compassion to people in need, including two blind men, a demon-possessed dumb man, and even a dead girl. In each case, the individuals, as well as the father whose daughter had died, had faith in Christ's power to heal. They recognized him as the Son of God, as the proper object of faith. Multitudes of people thronged him, but he never turned away any who truly believed in him. He did what no one else could do. Now here is Dr. Cairns to introduce the message, The Compassion of Christ.
1: This morning, as we continue our studies in the life of Christ, we return to Matthew chapter 9 and commence reading at verse 18. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9 and verse 18. We'll read through to the end of the chapter. "'While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler, and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead.' But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. She said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose." And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord." Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. The Lord will add his blessing To this reading from his precious word for his name's sake. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 2, we learn that it was one of the marks of Israel's high priest that he could have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. The Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest, and he, as no other high priest, can have compassion on the ignorant and upon the erring. Indeed, he can have compassion on sinners of every kind and degree. This compassion of Christ runs like a golden thread through the passage that we have been reading with all it's varied events. First, we read of a broken-hearted father appealing to Christ to raise his little daughter from the dead. Next, we read of a woman who had suffered for 12 years from constant hemorrhaging. and she sought to touch the hem of his garment so that she might be healed. Then two blind men came crying that the Lord would have mercy upon them and grant them their sight. And finally, there was a mute, probably mute because of demon possession. And he was brought before the Lord Jesus Christ for deliverance. It's not something I really have... uh, The freedom to follow through this morning. But it is interesting to note how people with a variety of such needs expressed a common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This father had left a corpse at home. Most people, even the most spiritual people, when they have a corpse in the house, would naturally go for the undertaker. But this father went to the Lord Jesus and believed that with his word, by the mere command of his lips, he could raise his daughter from the dead. Now, that was faith indeed. Indeed. The woman who came believed that if she could but touch his garment, such was the virtue of the Lord Jesus, that she would be instantaneously healed. She believed that. Scholars, especially of the rationalistic and unbelieving kind, regale us with uh, their new ideas on translating various parts of the Gospels, because they tell us the authorized version assumes that the people who came to the Lord Jesus knew more about him and believed more about him than they actually could. Thus, when the leper came and uh, said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, the authorized version says that he said, Lord, if thou wilt. Now, that is actually Uh, the Greek word that is used in our Testament. It is the word Lord. It also can mean, as we would use today, sir. And all the modern translators tell us it must be sir, because a poor leper would have no means of recognizing the Lordship of Christ. If ever I heard specious reasoning from lunatics, that's a good example— Can you tell me that a leper comes to a man whom he recognizes as nothing but a man with no more authority than any other man, and he says, if you but say I will, my leprosy will be gone? Can you believe for a moment that this woman, consumed with this mighty, passionate faith, if I can but Touch the hem of his garment instantaneously. My hemorrhaging will cease. Can you tell me that that woman did not act out of a faith in a mighty Savior? Likewise with the blind men. They believed that he could give them sight. They first of all asked have mercy on us. And they recognized him as the Son of David, which was the title of the Messiah. They were far ahead of the Pharisees and the doctors of theology, and most of those who call themselves doctors of theology today, they were far ahead. They recognized in the Lord Jesus, the coming one, the promised one, the seed that had been foretold in the Old Testament, the Son of David the king of Israel. They recognized in him the embodiment of the Old Testament hope. That's great faith. They recognized that before they had felt his healing touch. It was because they recognized that they prayed, have mercy upon us. The Lord Jesus Said to them, Do you believe that I am able to give you your sight? Watch this very carefully. They said, Yes, Lord. Jesus did not say, I command your sight to be restored. He touched their eyes, and he says, you say you believe that I am able? Well, according to your faith, be it unto you. And if they had been guilty of religious they that have been as blind afterwards as they were before, but they did believe. And here, I mention these things just to emphasize something that I have been emphasizing all along through our studies in the life of Christ, that the Bible sets him forth as the proper object of faith. That's the message of the Bible. It sets forth Christ as the proper object of faith. I will go so far as to say, and the the, the Lord Jesus himself teaches this and various other scriptures teach it, but I will go so far as to say that you cannot have genuine faith in God without having faith in Christ. He says, I am the way. There is no way to God except through him. He said, ye believe in God, believe also in me. There can be no disjunction between those. You cannot believe in God without believing in Christ. You cannot have faith in God that will do any good to your soul without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the proper object of faith. That's why the Scriptures command, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's the message we have got to carry to the world. Here is the Christ of God. Here is the one in whom there is the very embodiment of the Godhead. According to Paul writing to the Colossians, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is the embodiment of the Godhead. This is the incarnation of deity. This is the word of God to a lost world. This is the redeemer of God's elect. This is the savior of sinners. Therefore, the message of Scripture uniformly is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the proper object of faith. Do not mistake that. And do not miss it. Do not even... Make the mistake that so many make. It's the mistake, for example, that uh, Naaman the Syrian started to make when he was sent to the prophet. He went to the country, and then he went to the king, and then he was going home untouched. So many people are told, go to Christ, and they think if they go to the church, or if they go to Christians, or if they ape the life of Christians, or if they act the manner of Christians, or if they assume the vocabulary of Christians, or they presume that they have the experience of Christians, that therefore they'll be okay, and they will not be okay. It is Christ and Christ alone to whom the Scripture directs our faith for salvation, and indeed for everything else. Once you believe to the saving of your soul, you keep believing. And whatever your need, wherever your need falls in, in the spectrum of human experience, go to Christ. He is the proper object of faith. It's interesting here, certainly, that none appeal to him in vain, because faith in Christ is never misplaced. Now, as a result of the miracles of healing that the Lord Jesus did here, the people were impressed with his power. We read in verse 33 at the end of the verse that they cried, It was never so seen in Israel. And they were rightly impressed. I mean, who would not be impressed by the power of one who could speak and the dead girl comes to life? Who would not be impressed with the power? of one who could grant healing by a person merely touching the hem of his clothing? Who would not be impressed with the power of one who could put his hand upon the eyes of the blind and they receive their sight, who could cast out a devil and make a mute to burst forth in the praise and worship of Jehovah? Who would not be impressed with his power? The people were rightly impressed with his power, and so ought we to be, because never let us lose sight of this fact. The Lord Jesus Christ can do what none else can do. It should bring hope to the hopeless, light to the most darkened. The Lord Jesus can do what nobody else can do. You may be here this morning depressed, defeated, overcome by sin, by the world. You may be as wicked as the devil can make you, and your own flesh can connive at being. But let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ can do what none else can do. There's hope for the hopeless.
0: listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org.